Welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. And I'm Karen. We are a mother-daughter duo of mediums, medical intuitives, psychics, and energy healers offering personal sessions to clients all over the world. And this is our podcast. Coffee with the Sarlows is a platform to share the remarkable experiences of our clients and the messages that are channeled for them from the spirit world. These stories will make you laugh, some will make you cry, and some are certain to be an absolute butt-kicking with love. Our intent for this podcast is to gently and kindly challenge your belief systems, grow your empathy, and help you find pieces of your own self in each one of these individuals' stories. Karen, before we get into today's show, let's start things off with show notes. Yes, Kelly and I have personal practices channeling for local and international clients. If the stories in these shows is something you'd like to experience, you can request your own personal session through our website, bysarlo.com, or email us at info at We also have gift certificates available if you wish to gift this experience to someone anywhere in the world. We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. This series is your emotional and intuitive intelligence toolkit. We pick one topic every month and provide you with healthy tools for critical thinking and communication. This series airs the first week of every month. The first show in every series is free and can be found on our website, your favorite podcast platform, or YouTube. The remaining four shows can be found at patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo. Patreon is our membership portal with a ton of monthly benefits for those of you seeking to grow your emotional and intuitive intelligence. Karen has a personal blog that explores the beauty and importance of intuitive gifts. There is a question and answer segment that addresses listeners' questions. As we mentioned, you can find the complete Sips of Sanity series here along with handy habit trackers and great reflective questions to help you get the most from the shows. We provide you with guided journeys and music to enrich that experience, and we're running an emotionally intelligent, interactive book club. And for the patrons in our top tier, we're giving away a free half-hour channeling session with one of us every month. If you're interested in joining us, head over to patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo. Now on to today's show. Karen, mm-hmm. I am so excited to be sitting here with you today. <laughs> me too. Um... First, let me start off by saying that we came here today to laugh. Yeah. Um, lightheartedly, mm-hmm. uh, have a lot of ha-ha moments, but some are really funny and some are really like, what the fuck? Yes. Okay. So I want to kind of lay out what we're doing today for people. We have decided to close our doors to the public for in-person sessions. This this is not new. We closed this last year in March of 2020 when COVID hit. Um, This was done for legal purposes and then became more of an idea in our head for personal safety long-term. Yeah. You know, we have no idea when COVID is going to end. We have no idea where people come from and are willing to come from. And so there was just a decision for our overall health and safety of us and our community that in-person sessions were not necessary. And so we moved online. And go ahead. I was just going to add to that, but maybe you are. So I'll wait until you're finished. Oh, sure. So what I wanted to say was, uh, first and foremost... An official thank you to all of our clients 
who mm. to much like much to our surprise reached out and said we're so thankful you did this mm-hmm. and I, at first I didn't understand I I wasn't we weren't expecting that kind of an outreach we thought you know that people would have more of a pushback and many people said we're so happy to know that you guys are going to be safe and we worried about you in your home dealing with so many people of I'll say all walks of life coming in and out, being upset by messages, being overjoyed by messages, etc. And so there were just really wonderful messages coming in from all mediums to say, we're glad you're safe, good choice. And so, you know, we wanted to start by saying thank you, as I mentioned. And we had some people reach out who were very unhappy about it and just said, um, you know, you've lost my business or you know, this is such an intimate experience. I want it to be in person, which I think both of us can very much empathize with. Mm -hmm. It absolutely is an intimate experience and we wouldn't want to take that away from someone who needs it. We just know we don't need it in order to offer our gifts to people. And so we have compassion for them, but we've ultimately made this decision clearly not lightly, um, but for the longevity of our careers. Yeah. And we thought it would be really fun uh, after you know 300 plus episodes, to talk about some of the reasons that um, we're pretty solid in our decision to take back your home and have it just be your home, to have our safety reinforced, and tend to relax. Yes, and, and I want to add to that, Kelly, that I started working in my home back when you and Andrew were four and six, mm-hmm. and with a daycare and. I also, uh, before that, did in my own home computer tutoring and teaching, computer software programs. So working in my own home has been for decades. So I have had people come in and out of the door five to six days a week for many decades now. And this decision came because COVID pushed us into it. But it's also very welcome because the gifts don't diminish or dull or become inaccurate just because someone is not sitting right here in the house with us. Mm -hmm. And that is the biggest thing that people will question. Well, how can you do an accurate reading if I'm not with you? And the response is, yeah, but we've been doing readings for 14 years for people all over the world, Australia, Turkey. Oh my God, we had a map on the website at one point, South America, pinpointing all of the different countries all over the world where you and I have clients. Mm -hmm. So all of these people, England, France, Germany, everywhere, they know the accuracy. They understand that it's the relationship with the spirit world that creates the accuracy, not where the client is sitting or whether they hand us something that belonged to a person who crossed over. You and I find missing people, not just in North Bay, but across Canada and in the United States and in other places. Yeah, no one's flying us out to do that. Exactly. So I wanted, and the other aspect I wanted to bring up in this little part of the conversation too, is that while we've gone for some humorous stories today that we just think are light that people could enjoy and find some humor with, um, there were other stories you and I opted out Mm -hmm. of putting in here that have occurred with clients that are not funny, um, that had very much to do with threatening our, our physical bodies, that we decided not to include 
because we wanted to keep this lighthearted as we go into a second year of offering our practices online. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Okay. So we are going to launch into some of the very humorous and what the fuck things that have happened while we were running one-on-one sessions in this home. And if these people are listening, we don't mean any harm in doing this. No. It, it really is that if you can look back and see the humor in it, that's all we're trying to do. And I'm going to add for safe measure as a coach, if you've learned from it, yeah, then we're good. Yeah. There you go. Okay. So the first one Kind of not funny, but I think for a lot of people who have been listening for years on end to our show and maybe have seen us as clients as well, the first one is is that you cannot imagine the amount of requests that we have had for groups of particularly women who want to come in and bring their own wine and have a charcuterie board or something to that effect catered in our living room. <laughs> we don't do parties. <laughs> Like, we don't do parties for our own business, and we don't host events. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just, this floored me over and over again that someone wanted to have something catered in our home as they listened to the depth of our messages. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to add to that because I've come out of the treatment room where I've gone in with, say, say a mom and dad show up and they have two or three kids with them. Um, Or it could be a group of people, a group of women that have come in and one person came into the treatment room, you know, say for a half hour. And I walked out at the end of the half hour and the spouse and the kids or the rest of the friend group already brought the food, opened it all up and were sitting on all over my living room couches, not at my dining room table, all over the living room. Um, eating whatever it is that they were eating. And they had their kids sitting on the couch eating. They had them with juice boxes. They had them at the little coffee table set up with uh, after-school snacks. But some of them actually came with Subway dinners, sitting on the couch with meatball subs, where when they left, I had to take the covers off of the couches because they spilt chocolate, they spilt the juice box, they spilt... Um, the meatball sub, and if anybody knows the color of my couches, because, and I'm going to say because I'm a single woman now for the last 10 and a half years, they were fucking white. (laughs) Yes. People who've been in my house know I have a gray couch and I have white furniture. And that's because I already raised my kids. I hosted all the birthday parties and I had the grown-up furniture. For the grown-up clients who weren't ever supposed to be under the impression that they could just bring their meal in between psychic appointments. Yep. And and have have and sometimes there was no other adult with the children. They just unpacked their school bags Mm -hmm. and all of their snacks and and had it all over the living room. And I have to point out that the parents did not clean up when they left. They didn't say, oh, let me wipe this. Oh, let me put all their garbage. They just picked up their kids and walked out the door thinking, well, this is your business. You pick up my kids' shit. No, that wasn't part of my business. (laughs) You brought your business in here. (laughs) Yeah, that happened frequently. Okay, escalate it for us. Oh, 
Um, I remember coming out one day out of the treatment room, seeing one client and another client had come in the front door and she was sitting on my couch painting her nails. And uh, she had like that just... Remember the color of our furniture. (laughs) She was painting her nails and I don't mean where she put the bottle down like on the table. She had it in her hand you know how estheticians can do it because they know they don't spill. They know how to do this. Well, she literally had the bottle in her hand, which was tipped sideways. And sh- then she would tip it back over to write it, stick her brush in, and then tip it back over to paint her nails. And I came out of the treatment room and I looked at her and I said, you've got to be kidding me. And she just snapped her head up, looked at me like, And I'm going to say, like, how dare you talk to me like that? I'm your next client and I'm paying you. Like, there was such an attitude of arrogance Mm -hmm. and I will fight you for this. And I looked at her and I said, I don't even paint my own nails on my own couch, in my own house, let alone that you're sitting in my house doing something like that without even having asked if this was appropriate. I said, this is completely inappropriate behavior to do in someone else's house. Put it away. Conversations you don't think you're going to have at work when you work for yourself in your own home. And you know what? Then she comes into the treatment room and she sits down and she's got this defensive air now before I even can get into consent. She's looking at me going, well, you know, like you look like you're pretty mad at me. Mm -hmm. And so she's already in a mood where she's looking at me like I'm going to defend my anything you say to me now because you 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 gave me shit before the session even started. Mm-hmm. And I just remembered sitting down and saying to her, look, if you think we got off on the wrong foot because of your behavior and you'd like to cancel, you're welcome to go home. Mm-hmm. Because the sessions are not always <clears throat> kind and gentle and funny. Some of them are really deep, serious um, where your spirit guides are confronting you. Yeah, and you need to feel safe. That's right. And if you if you feel that you are now going to be angry at anything I say, then we shouldn't go forward today, and, and you should be aware of that. I can sit here and go into professional mode and do the job, but if you can't walk away from being told your behavior was improper and get into a different headspace in a healthy way, then we should cancel this and revisit another day or you should find another person. Okay. So we're going to move around the house now. Okay. (laughs) I cannot tell you how many times I have come out of sessions or, or, um, checked in on yours when, you know, in previous years when I wasn't as busy to find people wandering around the front, like the the first level, Mm. taking pictures of our home. Yeah. Taking pictures. They've got their phone out and they're taking pictures of our planters and our picture frames and our dining room setup. I have said to so many of them, you just need to go on the IKEA website. You just need to open up the IKEA newsletter. You don't need to take pictures. In fact, I'd feel more comfortable if you put your phone away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Boundaries. Okay. Let's move outside for a moment. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. The parking skills. Oh my God, Kelly. Now let's set the mood here. We live in a residential area. Yeah. It's your home. 
Yeah. We are actually not even zoned to have a business in this home. At any point in your like 15-year career, mm-hmm. if your neighbors got even a little pissed off at you <laughs> for whatever reason, could call City Hall and be like, I want her out. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Luckily, we have lovely oh, neighbors. Oh, we do. We have such beautiful neighbors. <laughs> and not great parkers. Yes. So we have had um, a number of people completely block one of our neighbor's driveways. Yep. Can't position their car in a way that their ass or nose doesn't hang into his driveway. Yep. He can't back his truck out. Yep. So he's got to take time out of his day and come over to us and say, I assume they belong to you. Yeah. Which I'll tell you, it does not feel good. We also had tons, shockingly, tons of people who would drive up from Trout Lake Road. We're on the left-hand side. They would just cross the street and park their car on the side of the road facing the opposite direction of traffic, which by the way, if you haven't been educated, is actually illegal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So again, we're thinking, okay, kind to our neighbors, courteous, making mm-hmm. sure no one's, you know, tattling on us to say you've got an illegal business running out of there. I didn't word that very well, but you get the point. Parking backwards. Mm-hmm. This blew my mind. Like you, you don't have enough time in your day or enough common courtesy to just do a roundabout one house over on our street. <laughs> we have a cul-de-sac. <laughs> yeah. Kelly, they've also parked up on the lawn. Oh, and on the road. Mm -hmm. One lady parked, yes, like one lady parked in the middle of the road so that no cars could go down either lane. Like not even a hint of I pulled over. Nothing. (laughs) She parked in the middle of two lanes so that no traffic could go up and down the street at all. And I remember going out and saying to her, you need to move your vehicle. And she was like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I said, no, you will move your vehicle. You will turn it around. Well, you mean you're telling me that you're going to tell me how to park? And I'm like, yes, I am going to tell you how to park. Turn your vehicle around or I won't see you. And it's just like, until they hear the threat of you're not getting your appointment, so you must well go back and sit in your car then. Mm -hmm. You're going to move it one way or the other. And my favorite... (laughs) I was coming to work one day, and your car is always parked. We have a double car driveway, um, is always parked closest to the house. I pull up next to you. Mm -hmm. And there's room behind our two vehicles for two big trucks. Yeah, you can fit four good sized vehicles in here. Six if you tried. Yeah. This lady, and it was a red car. I remember I was, it was as red as I was angry. She parked diagonally in our parking in our yeah. in our driveway. She literally pulled in diagonally yeah. to the driveway. No car could fit in it. None. And I couldn't. Well, I wouldn't have been able to get out. But she. That's. And, <laughs> no one could get in. Is the point. And like, you know, I we've said like, how selfish do you have to be? First of all, and I also know too. And and here's where compassion comes in. And it's not so funny. I also know that there is a level mm. of grief. A level yeah. of stress when you're coming into our home yeah. to receive those messages. Mm-hmm. That that is that's something that never goes over our heads. Mm-hmm. 
And I and I do also know that some people are heavily medicated, mm-hmm. and they're have they have quite a bit of difficulty with driving skills. But I also know that any police officer listening to this show right now would go, yeah, don't no, care, don't care, no, it shouldn't be driving. <laughs> okay, now yeah. let's position the clients in their car. Oh. I don't even remember what year this was, Mom, but our wonderful neighbor right across from us, Bruce, oh, just in his wonderful, calm, you know, manner, walks across the street and goes, Karen, what do you do over there? <laughs> and you went, what? There's just, you know, yeah. regular conversation. And he went, a lot of people come in and go in from your, uh, your house there and they come out and they sit in their car and they cry for half an hour. I watch them. They cry in your driveway. <laughs> And he goes, some of them, they get in their car. He goes, they pull out like one house down just past the hedge. <laughs> so we can't see he them. can see them, but we can't. And he goes, and when I look across the street, they're just one house down behind the hedge. And they're parked there for a good half hour to an hour crying. And he goes, and some of them I can see that they're, they're on their phones. And I do know why. Mm-hmm. Because I know that when some people leave here... They get in the car, they drive one house down, they pull over, they park their car, might be cold in winter, so they let it run and heat up, or hot in the summer and cool, but they call a friend, they call a family member, and they give the lowdown of, she's good, she's not good. She said Excited, this, yeah. I, I, I'm relieved, I'm sad, I can't, I'm upset. She She said he committed suicide, I'm devastated, like I know that there are tons of reasons why between emotions and information. And and I will say this, like kudos to all those people who actually yeah. took that time to cry in their car yeah. and not just hit the gas pedal. I think that was in spite of our uh, parking situation here. Yeah. This was a very responsible decision. Oh, yeah. But man, were the neighbors nervous <laughs> for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can I move them back in the home? Yeah. This one caught me in a people-pleasing moment. I'm going to full-on admit this because I was so shocked by the behavior. I didn't know what to say. No. I was standing in the kitchen, and I think you were there as well. And, you know, a lot of them used to come out of your room in the back part of the house and uh, use the ledge on the side between the dining room and kitchen to write their check or to count their cash or whatever they needed to do for payment. Mm -hmm. And um, this one woman did that, then leaned in and across and stuck her hand in the almond jar. Yeah. <laughs> I remember thinking, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. This is not a, I wouldn't do that at a restaurant. I wouldn't do that at a cafe. Yeah. Like if I was anywhere in public, there's no, there's no way. And even at friends' homes and family, hey, do you mind if I have some of those? Yeah. And, and if I was, if I wanted nuts in some, a jar in someone's home, I would ask them if they have a teaspoon or a tablespoon or a scoop. Like, how do you Could get... Could you get me? Yeah. Like, do you have a scoop to get them out? Like, uh, do you pour... Like, or I would tip it and pour it out. But to stick your hand into the jar was something that reminded me of when I would have been three or four and, and my mom would have corrected my behavior. <laughs> it was a reach around. I it know. wasn't even like, hey, we put these out for you guys. Yeah. This was like... I'm not standing in your kitchen, but I'm now in your kitchen with my yeah. arm eating your food. Yes. I came out of a couple sessions because um, we used to do them back to back. And I came out to escort one out, welcome the next one in. And I said, hey, would you like a coffee or a tea? This was very early on and this this stopped. 
no thanks i made myself one <laughs> oh she went into her kitchen uh like at home <laughs> no just now i was waiting oh so she you know, so, yeah okay so i'm thinking like the steps that are going through my head, like mm-hmm. you had to go into the kitchen, A, and it's some narrow hallways to get into our kitchen. Mm-hmm. You had to find my sugar, my spoons, and my cream. Yeah. They had to go through the cupboards and the fridge. I know that there would be some people listening to this going, oh my God, I did that, but I've been there so many times and Karen and I know each other. If you're a friend, we're not talking I about get you. It. I get it. That's where I'm just trying to validate and make it very clear that there will be some listeners going, oh, but I'm a client and I would do that. And yes, there are some people that that would be very appropriate for. You're referring to the other people. I'm, I'm okay. And I'll also <laughs> say this for clarification and communication's sake. If you are one of those people and it is appropriate, we've had a conversation with you yeah. to say, hey, you're now family. Yeah. Hey, you're now at the level of friends. Yeah. Go ahead into the kitchen. Go I, ahead. I'll be insulted if you don't do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Not clients. Well, <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. I'm going to hand it over to you. <clears throat> okay. I do recall coming out of the treatment room and a client was standing at my stove stirring my spaghetti sauce. So again, she had to go into one of the drawers, which she would have had to just go searching. So she must have gone. Maybe she got lucky and got it in the first drawer. Our kitchen is not intuitive. (laughs) It could have been any number of places, but she went into one of the drawers and she was stirring. And I, as much as I find this a funny situation, I remember her saying to me when I came around the corner and I looked, I had such a shocked look on my face because it was just like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, I just, I just couldn't fathom. I'm like, what are you doing in my kitchen? I'm fine, but it looks so kind. Yeah, why are you stirring my food? Did you taste it? Like, what's happening yeah. here? Like, I just remembered being surprised, really, truly just astonished. And her response to me was, which really explains her thinking and her intention, she said to me, well, she says, I'm happy to do this for you. She says, obviously you got up, it's a bright sunny Saturday morning, you put your sauce on and your meatballs for your supper and you're taking care of us, so I thought I would take care of you. <sighs> so like I, I, I see where I her intention is so kind and she's, she's like, well, you're taking care of us, honey. So us ladies, well, we're just going to take care of whatever you need to do. And I do see where you're going to hear another couple of stories where the intention of clients was real care. Yeah. And it was to share back and forth. I so get it. <laughs> I'm just saying that it it's still and, a, a little bit of awkwardness. <laughs> And here's the thing, if we were all volunteering together, that would be wonderful. And it yeah. would be an immediate thank you. Yeah. If it was in an, an, like other circumstances yeah. where it was assumed that we were to be taking care of one another. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And you know, regular listeners are like, man, they've done so many episodes on people pleasing. This is this is the oh, perfect yeah. example as to why we, we often hate the people pleaser because we we don't feel like we can actually be mad at them because what they're, what they're doing is nice, but mm-hmm. it's still in violation of boundaries. Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. 
This is one of my favorites. Yeah, because then how am I supposed to come back and actually yeah. say something? Get out to of my her? kitchen. Yes, get the hell out. Like, what are you doing? I mean, yeah. I'll still take care of you, but fuck off. <laughs> like, it's just, it's such a mess. Uh, okay. <laughs> Can I, this is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, this is a secondhand story because I was not here for this, and you'll understand why. You were in a session. Oh. There was a client in our living room, which was our waiting room. That's what it doubled as, yep. as people are hearing, pre, way pre-COVID. Andrew walked in, your son, my brother, and the woman in the living room goes, can I get you a coffee or a tea? <laughs> and Andrew he looked at them and he was like, what the fuck? He's like, I'll get it myself, which she probably didn't even question. <laughs> Oh, yes, I guess everybody comes into their homes and makes their own cup of coffee and tea. No, I'm saying she probably didn't question it because she was willing to get up and do it as well. Right. She probably walked in with the same fucking attitude as Andrew. Yes. Right. Okay, get what you're saying. Oh, my goodness. He, like, the look on his face. Did he say? He goes, yeah. This is my house? He did. He goes, <laughs> I live here. I'll get it. Okay. Oh, that's awkward. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so this next one, um, well, there doesn't need to be much context. This woman, she was elderly, and I don't know if that matters or not, but she walked into our home, and she made what I think is one of the rudest comments, and it was just so unnecessary. She goes, who decorates with gray? Oh, <laughs> why, why, why would you have a gray couch? And then she looks at her poster from Ikea, of course, Um of Amsterdam. There's a bicycle on it on a sidewalk tied up to a pole. It's so calming. It looks over a little canal. And she goes, that's really ugly. Mm-hmm. Who who would want a picture of that? It's gray and white. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, you're asking the question, who? Obviously me. <laughs> <laughs> and it hit harder. And this is why I took it on my list instead of yours. When you renovated the home, you were like, hey, Kelly, here's my budget. Decorate for me. (laughs) So it wasn't like I'm hearing this comment and it's about my mom and her taste. It was like right here. Yeah. You're shitty. She didn't like the color of the walls. She thought gray, soft, like a light gray wall was ugly, a drab, Mm -hmm. um, as well as what you said, the couch and the paintings. Yeah. She did not like the decor here. It was not dusty rose. (laughs) And like pillow blue. Right. So I would assume it was just all wrong. I'm going to say something to you. I had been in her house. Okay. Her house was decorated like the 1950s. Oh, so not even the 80s. And she had not changed it since then. And she is an older lady. Like it very much um, when she came here. So, mm-hmm. and I don't even know if that lady is still alive, by the way. I don't either. But I do, I do know because I had been in her home to do a home treatment for her at one point, and I had to go through all the bedrooms to get, like, to get to her when her family greeted me at the door, and her entire decor was of the Second World War. And I mm. say that because her husband was in the Second World War, and she still had like his suit hanging. She's and he had passed away. Oh my god! Decades ago, and she had his hats out and his like his stuff from being in the war. Pictures of her parents, like it was that old Elizabethan or whatever you call it, like furniture, the old carpeting, like all of it. So trauma inducing. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> I just, no, apparently our home was trauma-inducing. <laughs> yeah, maybe it looked like an asylum. I don't know. Yeah. I just, and you know what? I've laughed every time since someone has walked in and been like, I love your home. You decorate so well. Oh, this picture is so peaceful. Mm-hmm. And I just have her flashing in my head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Okay, I'm going to pass it back to you. Okay, so my story is about two women that had booked an appointment. Well, actually, the younger woman booked the appointment for her mom, and um, so I didn't know what they were coming for other than they were coming together, and I greeted them at the front door. So I just happened to be standing there, and I literally opened the front door. So I was facing them the younger woman, the daughter, approached. So she was facing me and her mom was behind her. And we have steps in an L shape. Mm -hmm. So her mom had come up the first set of steps. I think there's four or five. And then there's a landing where you can turn your body around and it's large. So you can, you can turn around, you've got, and there's, um, a railing. Mm -hmm. So she, she turned herself around and then there's a step up And when she turned to make her step up, I saw both of her knees weren't bending. Mm -hmm. They were both locked, but the upper part, her head and her shoulders were in a motion to go forward, but her feet were not moving Mm -hmm. and her knees had locked. So she face planted. And I say that meaning that she didn't even put her hands out. She, to to protect herself, she literally smashed her face into the cement, mm-hmm. and I saw all of it because I would and I w- I was running out the door. And thank goodness you did. Oh yes, and her daughter um, didn't see a thing because she was facing me. She was coming into the front door, so she was like, I bolted past her, mm-hmm. and she grabbed the door. I'm assuming because it wasn't closed when I turned around. Because she was trying to get in it as I was coming out of it. We were passing each other. And I literally kind of had to push myself past her because I was trying to catch her mom. Mm -hmm. I did not get to her mom in time. She hit the cement. So she had bleeding on her forehead. She had bleeding, I think, around the lip area. I don't remember like in like real detail, but... I just know that she had two injuries, and I think one was in the one was around the teeth or something. And um, her daughter turned around and said something about what's going on or something. And then she saw her mom like literally stiff as a board mm-hmm. because the legs were completely locked. So she was just stiff, like a broomstick. And oh, that's not a good analogy. <laughs> I think you did a fine job with stiff. I don't know why you needed that. <laughs> Me neither. That was not good. So I I didn't know. I didn't want to pick her up. I thought, don't touch her. I had no idea if I should, well, like what I should do. And I thought, well, her daughter will know. So I just crouched down beside her and I said, are you okay? I'm right here because she's face down. So I just didn't touch her. I just said, I'm right beside you. I'm Karen. Are you okay? And I wanted to see, could she speak? Had she lost consciousness? I'm not a first responder. Hey, they're all cheering you on right now. But I I can have some common sense. And her daughter was just like, mom, get up. Like this. And I thought, what do you mean get up? Like, it was clear to see that her legs weren't bent. And so she was like, mom, get up. Like this. So... 
then over time, she thought I could see her like moving towards her mom. So I stood up and I came out of the way so that the daughter could take control. So she got her mom in a standing position and her mom said, my knees locked. I couldn't get up. And she turned to me and said, I've had two knee replacements. And I didn't understand. I've never had knee replacements. I had no idea what that meant. I just said to her, I am so sorry. What can I get you? What do you need? And she went, oh, I'm fine. And I said, no, you're not, because there's a great big goose egg on your head, and you're bleeding, and there's blood around your lip. And Also, I, I watched you fall. And I, Yeah, I said, and I, I watched you fall. You're not fine. I have no idea if you had a concussion. Clearly, you've hit your head. And I'm not a doctor. I'm not a first responder. I don't know how to assess you like this. So I said, um, um, can I, oh, I know what I did. I said, can I get you a warm washcloth? You're bleeding. And I thought, don't offer bandages, not not to be rude, but I didn't want to do any dressings. I'm not, I don't know how to do that. Mm -hmm. So I said, could I get you a warm washcloth? And her mom was guiding her into the house, opening the door and moving into the house. And I went, whoa, I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. And her daughter turned around like, what's going on? My time is ticking. Yeah. Yeah. Like what's going on? And I said, she's like, pick up your feet, mom like to come into the house, pick up your feet, she says to her. So I just said, well, I said, just, just a moment. I said, she's going to need to go to emerge. Like this woman clearly looked to me like she was in her seventies or eighties. She has hit her forehead, has a goose egg and is bleeding in two spots on her face. Uh, Also, if you're any age and face planting on concrete, you should just go to the hospital. I think so too. So I said to her, no, I am going to request that you go to eMERGE and I don't want, I'm not treating her. So she said, well, could we come in for a minute? So somehow they did come into the house and I thought they were going to wipe. And the daughter kept saying, my mom is fine. She can do her session. And she sat her, like her mom, I won't say she sat her mom down because I can't remember the details, but her mom sat on the treatment table and her daughter sat in the chair. And I said, I am not comfortable seeing your mom. And she said, but we came all the way from such and such a city. And I actually, I really don't know where they came from. I don't recall. But they, in other words, that they had taken the time to travel here. We came all this distance for this appointment. We're getting this appointment. And I said, go to Emerge. Have your mom checked, please. They were not happy. They left here really angry. And then? Um, I called later that evening, the daughter, because I only had her number, not her mom's. And I said, I wanted to check in on her mom and her daughter was still angry with me. We were trying to take care of your well-being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway. Next. Are we changing gears here? Yes, we are. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this one happened during COVID-19. Okay. So the phone rang one day and I was... Like well into COVID-19. <laughs> oh, this was, yes, this was, I would say a good 10, 11 months into COVID-19. And this, we were in lockdown. It was essentially like you as a single person bubbled with another household, only out for essentials. That's it. And the phone rang and this lady said to me, I'd like to see if you have an appointment for today. And she says, do you have any openings? Um, I'm in my car and I could drive right over. And I said, no. I said, I, uh, you certainly can't do that. I said, um, we're in COVID. And she said, well... 
I was in such and such a city out for a drive on a nice sunny day. And I just drove my way to North Bay and landed here and thought, wow, it would be really fun to just drop in and see a psychic and have a half hour fun session. There's so many things wrong with that sentence right now. Yeah. And she says, so I just thought I'd drop in. So why can't I? Don't you want the business? Don't you need the money? Oh, yeah. And and I said to her, um, well, lady, <laughs> we're in lockdown. That's what I said. Wherever you're from. Yeah. I said, I don't know what city or what province or where you came in from. I said, I haven't got a clue. And I said, but in Ontario, overall, we're in a lockdown of some sort with rules. But specifically, North Bay is in a high lockdown. And we're non-essential. And yeah, and I said, we're a non-essential service. So no, there are no, there's nobody in person. But you know, our client base is all over the world. So you could do it from your car, sitting in the parking lot, right where you are, when I have my next opening today. And nope, if I can't come and see you in person, then I'm not doing it. So I just had to basically say, okay, have a good day. Oh, you're not done though. Oh, because she, okay, so I vividly remember this because this was like an incredulous conversation. Oh, cool. Is um, after everything that you said, you were like, no, that's not happening. And she was like, well, I have two other girlfriends here. We're here to shop. And we thought all three of us would do a session. So don't you want three uh, $125 sessions today? And it's like, so you didn't just take a road trip on a whim by yourself and land here. You took (laughs) friends with you. I forgot that. And said, hey, ladies, why don't we all go to a medium and psychic? <laughs> and I think, you know, this is a great example, well, of selfishness, of people not, you know, paying attention to rules and all of that, but also to why so many people reached out and said, we're so grateful you guys are taking care of your health. You have no idea where people are willing to come in from in spite of health, health cautions um, and jeopardize you thinking nothing of it. Kelly, on that very note, I have had people tell me that they were coming here from Sudbury for sessions and wanting to book here when Sudbury was through the roof in a severe lockdown with like 50 cases in the city Mm -hmm. and had just did not give a shit that their own city was in a massive lockdown. And I think at that point we had three or four cases in North Bay. Yeah. Quarantined and like resolving. And Sudbury had the variant. So it was on top of that. She knew that they were in a high lockdown. They had the variant. And it was like, I'm just going to go travel to any city I want and get whatever I want and have the fun that I want because it's just, it's all about my pleasure. Mm -hmm. But also then expecting that professionals are going to say, oh, sure. And we will accommodate that. And that my number one priority in life is money. Yeah. Contracting a virus, I may, that may not le- never let me spend the money. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're next. Oh, I am. Um, <laughs> I saw red this day. I had, I escorted two women up the steps who were coming to see you. Again, I was quite slow. And uh, I said, oh, c- come on in, ladies. Uh, she's just with her last client. You know, you can come have a seat on the couch and just wait. We've got a washroom if you need to use it. My whole spiel. And the two women walked in. They hobbled up. They weren't doing too well. 
And one woman took her shoes off pretty quickly and set herself down in the living room. Mm -hmm. And I turned around to the other one and said, "Um, do you need anything? And she had this face like, oh. And she just, she didn't, she looked, I don't even know what to say. She looked fearful. She looked upset. I didn't, I didn't know what to say. And I looked at her and I went, are you okay? Mm -hmm. And she goes, I dropped my cigarette down your vent. (gasps) Oh. I said, oh, yeah. You what? Right. And she goes, "Um, I carried my cigarette in with me from Mm. outside because I just wanted to put it in my pocket for later. What? Yeah. And I dropped it down your vent when I went to take my shoes off. And it was lit. It It was fucking lit. Oh, my God. Keep in mind. Okay. So I'm like, I... I hate cigarettes to begin with. You can't even imagine. I can. Well, I know. I hate them as much as you. I'm talking to the listeners. <laughs> so I pick up the vent, trying not to lose my shit on her, and it's fall. So she bends over to help with, I don't even know what at this point, mm. and off of her shoe and coat, drop all kinds of muddy leaves into the vent on top of her lit cigarette. And I'm thinking the fire department's going to be here soon. I couldn't talk to her. Oh. I, I was so, I, I couldn't believe every single thing that she had done that she would fathom in the 2000s, this is past 2010 even, that to bring a lit cigarette into someone's home, mm-hmm. business, et cetera, mm-hmm. unheard of since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Put it in her pocket. That doesn't make any fucking sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> Might indicate how stressed she was. Oh, I think I could have rivaled her. Oh, right. I and I just said, uh, go sit in the living room. Oh, I just said, uh, you will handle it. Don't, I don't, I don't want your help. I said, you can just go sit. And she was like, okay. Didn't even apologize. Oh, and you know, maybe it was out of embarrassment. Maybe it was out of anxiety yeah. and fear. I have no idea. It, it's yeah. fine. Like I said at the beginning, if you've learned from this and you're listening, great. Yeah, I couldn't talk. <laughs> I remember little bits of that when you first started saying, I didn't remember all the details um, because it was one of the times you were most upset that we had clients in the house. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that we were always upset. There there were lots of clients and lots of beautiful days with lovely people who were new boundaries, were respectful. On average, the average person coming into our home was wonderful. Mm-hmm. These are just the truly exceptional cases that we're talking about. I'll say that jeopardized our health, well-being, <laughs> and mental stability. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm, okay. Are you done? I'm going to move into yes. the next one. Okay. So this was a couple that came, and they had a little girl, and they booked the appointment asking if they could come as a couple with their daughter for uh, about her behavior. Red flag already. And I said I didn't need them to bring her. I, because we never, ever need for the person to be present. So I said, it would be better for you, and it was a, a male-female, so it was a, a couple. I said, you are welcome to come, and don't don't bring your child. Mm-hmm. Arrange for daycare or babysitting or a play date or something. Because quite often in my experience, it was so hard for parents to actually participate and concentrate when they brought their baby or their child with them. So I said, especially when it's about any kind of behavioral stuff or allergies or well, medical, whatever it is that they're with, why they're coming often ended up being the distraction. And even a well-behaved child is a distraction yeah. when you're sitting here trying to di- digest 
very um, earth, you know, rocking yeah. information. Yep. Yeah. So they arrived and the mom says to the husband, um, I'm going to go in the room and you stay out here with her and you watch her. So they decided to that once they got here that they were going to split this up. And it seemed that they made the decision very last minute. Mm. But efforts were made. Yes. So I said to him, you're responsible to watch her. I am going to be in the treatment room. This is my home. But there are Henkel knives on my kitchen counter. There, there are like a whole it's a house. house. Yeah, it's a house. So I said, you're responsible for her behavior. I just I like want to where have... you pointed at where the weapons were. <laughs> well, you know what though, Kelly? Like honest to God. Um, anyway, I just felt that I had to stress to him that this was a child in my home where I couldn't be present to be held accountable for her behavior. Mm -hmm. So he goes, yeah, yeah, I got it like this. Done. So I do the half hour session with his wife, which really went really, really well. And she recorded it. I had suggested a recording for her so she could share it with her spouse when they left and, you know, whenever they had the opportunity to listen to it together. So we were doing something in the kitchen and I was writing out my receipts, you know, and I said something about, I just have to run upstairs. And I can't remember why I had to run upstairs. I don't remember what I had to get in my bedroom. I don't Receipt remember. Receipt or change. So I ran upstairs into my bedroom and my bedroom was demolished. This little girl had taken all of my clothes out of my drawers and dumped them all over the floor and on the bed. My bras, my underwear were strewn everywhere. And it smelt heavy of perfume. And I have a tray, a glass tray, on one of my tables in my room with about eight bottles of perfume. And she obviously had played with the perfume bottles and sprayed them in the room and had quite a bit of fun emptying all of my drawers and throwing things because you wouldn't open, like take a drawer out and just dump it. Like my, like my underwears were across the room. My underwear was across the room. Like you could see that she pitched things like... <laughs> Jesus. There's nothing right with this sentence. Oh, like there, my underwear was across the room. Oh, yeah. In reference to a client session that day. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. So I, I came down the stairs and I said, I need for the two of you um, to be aware of something that your daughter has done. So I, and they both looked at me. And he, the man turned to his daughter and went, what'd you do? I just went to the washroom for a minute. And I said to him, I'd said that you were responsible for her in my house while your wife was in a session with me. And he went, I went to the washroom and I didn't bring her in with me. I said, you could have knocked on the door and let us know that your wife needed a moment to come out to be with the daughter while you went to the washroom. Well, I didn't think of that. I didn't want to interrupt. I said, well, I'd like the two of you to go upstairs with your daughter and see what she did. The little girl would not go up the stairs. He had to pick her up and she was screaming and she knew what she did. Mm -hmm. She was really like, I'm not going. And so they both stood there and looked at what she did. Honest to God, Kelly, they came down the stairs. Not a word was spoken. They handed me the money. I handed them the receipt. They walked out the door. 
Please tell me there was an apology. Nothing. Nothing. Straight out the door. And and I'm I feel, I wouldn't say I know 100% that you know when a, something like that occurs, you lose the client. Mhm. Because even though she had a session where she got all her needs met and she was so happy for the session and that there could have been more work done for her to come back or and keep working on things that were going on, I'm, I'm positive I lost them as clients because they're too embarrassed to come back. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was, um, that was a wild story. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yeah. I'm going to one-up you. <laughs> I know you are. I know your story. I know it's coming and you are a one-upping me. <laughs> go. Here we go. So I had a day off and you were seeing clients that day. There was a woman in your treatment room and her younger daughter, who was actually probably just a few younger years younger than you, mm-hmm. went in with her. She okay. needed she needed assistance. Yeah, okay. She was, um, I guess, in her 70s or 80s. And the grandson was here mm-hmm. and was sitting in our living room, as some of our previous stories have mentioned, unsupervised. Right. And that's fine. They'd been here a number of times. He was very well behaved. And me on my day off decided, I'm going to jump in the shower and get going with my day. So I'm in the shower doing my thing and I hear a knock at the door, which is not unusual in our household there's one bathroom. Mm -hmm. So my entire life of 33 years, we have constantly had at least one person in that room doing something else while another person is showering or on Mm. the toilet. So it doesn't, doesn't really phase me. There was a knock at the door and I figured, yeah, come on in. You can hear a shower from outside, Mm -hmm. right? You know, someone's in there. Oh, so you thought it was me? A hundred percent. Who else is going to knock on the door when you hear the shower running? Right. So I went, come on in. And I hear, can I use the washroom? So I am under the he's, water. He's in the he's washroom? in the washroom, this young boy. He's mm. come up the stairs into the bathroom. And I'm in the middle of my shower, stark naked. And I <laughs> felt my entire body just freeze. Yeah. Because, I mean, it just takes one little thing of the curtain mm-hmm. to see me naked. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, my God. Like, just what do I do? And I don't know, he was like 10, 11, old enough, let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. And he went, can I use the washroom? And I don't even think I responded. Mm. And he sat down and I just remembered thinking, I I had no idea of how much time had passed because I was in that much fear Mm. that I was going to be assaulted if you don't already consider this an assault. Mm. And... All of a sudden, like, I I kind of came to and was like, are you done? Like, are you leaving? And he went, I'm not done. Oh, so he's, so he's pooping. He's pooping. There's been minutes that have passed. He's taking oh. a shit while I'm in the shower. Okay. So, I mean, what can I do at this point? I'm not going to peep my fucking head out and be like, hurry along now. So... He finally leaves. The toilet doesn't flush. Oh, no. So I have had, I don't even know if you can say I've had my shower, but I'm in it. And this young boy, old enough boy, has taken a shit. Oh, and left it in the toilet for me. Oh. I came downstairs 
vibrating mm. with anger and mm-hmm. be, like I want to say betrayal of my rights mm. as a human in my own home. Mm-hmm. I just remember. Yeah, this is an age that um, would indicate to me because I know this is not a child with some challenges to process information. To understand what he's doing. Oh, 100%. And we had that conversation. I got my wits about me once Mm -hmm. I was clothed. And I just said to him, do you you think what you did was appropriate? Oh, yeah. Because you were still in the session. And he was like, no. And I remember thinking to myself, I don't want to shame this kid Mm -hmm. so that he has sexual dysfunction Mm -hmm. issues. I don't want to shame him where he has bathroom issues. Yeah. And creates physical problems for himself. Right. So I remember thinking, and I'm not a child psychologist, I remember thinking, choose your words very, very carefully yeah. as a professional to not harm him after all of that. And I just said, do you think what you did was appropriate? And he was like, no. And he goes, I, mm. need it. I needed to go. I said, the next time this happens, mm. you need to go knock on the door and get your mom or your grandma, and they need to take you somewhere else. That is mm-hmm. not okay. Right. And he doesn't have the process or the ability yet to have the process to think that through. Yeah. Wow. So I'm at this point going to hand, delightedly, the show over to you. Okay. So my next story is um, a client called on a Friday night and said that she was in town, she was with friends, and she wanted an appointment for the next morning. I only had one opportunity, I think, and it was like nine o'clock. It was first appointment of the morning. And... So the next morning comes at 9 a.m. for her appointment, and she, I'm standing at the front door waiting for her to let her in at 9 o'clock, so maybe I got there around 5 to 9 or something. She pulls into the driveway late. Now, she's booked the last-minute appointment, but she arrives late, so she knew because it was just the night before that she had booked it in a convertible with the top down, Breakneck speed down Laurentian Avenue, which is a dead-end street. It's a cul-de-sac at the end. Uh, Whips into the driveway, slams on her brake, pulls herself up the front steps, throws her head back, plays with her hair, and she goes, I'm still drunk. (laughs) Mom, like, if memory serves me, this was a Sunday. I I remember you saying she was in town last minute and was leaving the next day and oh. wanted an appointment. And Sunday is our only day, quote unquote, off. Well, meaning that we don't see clients, but that we have desk work to do. Drunk. <laughs> Drunk, Sunday morning. And so she tells me at the front door, thinking that she's going to pass and come into the house. And I blocked it. I just stayed solidly in the front door. In my in your five one and a half frame, with one hand on the door frame and one hand on the door, positioning myself in there so that she couldn't get past me. Because I, as soon as I saw that she was driving, not in a in a sober way, that she came, the way that she walked up the front steps, like everything indicated something was not okay. And then she announces that she's still drunk from the night before. And drove. And drove to my house. But wants spiritual healing. But yeah. (laughs) I'm going to say, 
<laughs> I'm going to say no to that. I'm going to say she probably just thought that she had an appointment with a psychic mm. because a lot of people will book an appointment thinking that it's psychic and they just want to know about, is, um, you know, am I going to get this guy? Is this, am I going to get this job? They just think it's psychic. They don't think for a minute that the first thing that they consent to is the energy healing, right? Mm. So I just recall that she still thought she was going to have an appointment and I stopped her at the door and said, you will not have an appointment today. Mm -hmm. And she was like, what, what do you mean? And she, she was annoyed with me. Big sunglasses, floppy sunny hat, by the way. <laughs> You're killing my vibe, lady. Yeah, sundress on like she was still at the beach. Like literally she was dressed like she was still coming from the beach at nine in the morning. And then Maybe she, she slept on it. Well, it could be. And she, I mean, she did proceed to tell me in not very many details, but that she had been drinking all night and that they had drank till four or five in the morning. So technically by nine o'clock, it had only been four or five hours and she was still feeling what she had finished drinking at five in the morning. So at that point, I'm trying to make myself extremely clear to her that there isn't going to be a session mm -hmm. and she's not happy and leaves. Too bad, so sad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can like can we walk into the next one now? Mm-hmm. This is one of my favorite stories that isn't mine. Okay. So this next one is a client who called and asked for an appointment. It was a, a, another woman. I know this might make women look bad today. Hey, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um, she called and asked for an appointment and um, I can't remember when it was. I think it was like mid-afternoon for the very next day. And she was trying to figure out over the phone if I'm coming from such and such a city, it would take me this many hours to get there. I can do that when, you know, when I leave my lunch or I can't remember, like, she was just trying to calculate timing to get to the appointment appropriately. And so we did that to make that arrangement for her as her, as time goes on, <laughs> Um, she calls and she tells me, first of all, that she's running late. Mm -hmm. And I said to her, okay, I understand. Um, as luck would have it, I don't have a client right after you, right on time. I have a half hour break. So if you're here half an hour late, I'm going to be able to manage to still give you your session. Letting her know this because she's already well into a long journey to get here. As the time comes for her session, she still arrives late. Oh, no. She called you from a particular city and said, I'll be there oh, soon. And you're right. like, lady, you are 40 minutes away and your session is in 10 minutes. You're not getting here for your appointment. Right. It's going to be late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, thanks, Kelly. I forgot about that. When she arrives at the door... In the grandest of entrances you can imagine. She arrives in an OPP cruiser. <laughs> <laughs> they... <laughs> they 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 stopped her because she was going, I think it was, she said something like 150 miles an hour. They impounded her car Good. on the spot. And she transferred all of her groceries and all of her luggage, everything, whatever she was carrying into the cruiser. And then I would assume got into the cruiser and the young, very young, police officer drove her to my door for her appointment. And when she got out of the car, because I'm watching the cruiser pull in and I'm like, oh my God. So she pulls in, he parks the car, she gets out and stands on 
the lawn Mm -hmm. with her hands like on her hips watching with no intention of taking anything out of the vehicle. He gets out of the vehicle. Like a bellboy. And unloads all, yeah, unloads her purses, her Her grocery grocery bags, bags, her cooler, her cooler, and brings (laughs) it all up to my front step. So he makes two, three trips for her to put everything right at the front door. Yes, that was quite the, that was quite the entrance. Okay. I would like to follow this story up. So she arrives in a cop car. She's clearly planned to stay a few days in North Bay. Oh my God, that's correct. <laughs> so I came down, I saw the cop car, and I came down after she had left. Oh. And she was sitting on her cooler on her front oh, lawn. Oh, yes. That's correct. Waiting to be picked up. I don't know by who. A cab, I think. Okay. And she came back in and... Oh, Keep yes. in mind, I've got no context. This I've all happened. All this. this all happened before her session started. So I've got no context. I open the door and I'm like, "Hi, what, you know what can I do for you?" She goes, "Do you want my groceries?" Oh yeah. And I was like, "Who are you?" Yeah. She's like, "Well, I just saw your mom. I was a client, and I can't stay here anymore. So I'm gonna have to go back to my city, um, and I can't fly back with my groceries. So do you want them?" Right. I for totally forgot. What a horrible trip for that lady. Like I just, anyway, I have empathetic vibe. I mean, not that, anyway, I wouldn't travel 150 kilometers to get to an appointment. I would just call it a day, but yeah. Or do it online. Yeah. There were so many other options. So okay, the part the part that gets me though, the part that the reason it made this list is the being escorted by a cop. You had to do some pretty fucking good sweet talking. <laughs> yeah, she she'd be a good negotiator. Like. <laughs> How did you not end up at the police station filling out documentation because you were going 150 and a 90? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't she really know escorted. what the protocol there is. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're saying. I'm not certain if that's just a ticket and off you go on your way. I don't. That's oh, massive demerit points. Huh. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. Okay, this next one, Kelly, is actually one of my favorite ones. This is a personal favorite of my own. Um, this gentleman came to the house and I would say, um, I'm going to just guess late fifties. I, he could be older, maybe six. He could be younger. Yeah. Okay. That's fair because it's just guessing an age. So let's just say a mature person comes to the house for a full session for an hour. He came into the treatment room and stood there and says to me, um, oh, no, I think I said to him, which chair would you like? Because there's two chairs in the room and there's a treatment table. And on the treatment table are these blankets you lay on on top of. And then there's, pardon, go ahead. Well, but generally speaking, you'd be offering him a chair because that's where consent happens. Yes, that's correct. And if they're saying yes to energy healing or they wish to relax, then yes, the table is an option. That's correct. And some people do walk in and think that they're going to go straight to the table and lay down. But those typically, as far as I would say, what I saw in my practice in those 15 years was the, were those were clients who had been here several times and knew the consent process, knew they were going to lay on the table and were looking at me ready to say, go ahead, do the consent process. Yeah. Um, yes, yes, no boundaries, da, da, da. And they can't, like, this was, these were consistent Keep people. Keep going. 
So anyway, he stands in front of me and I'm saying to him, which chair would you like to take? And I'll take the other one. And he said, well, I'm going to take the table. I'm going to lay down. And he says, are you okay if I get naked? (laughs) (laughs) And my response was, absolutely not. You are not getting naked. I said, well, he persisted. He, wa- he went into an explanation of, well, whenever I see any of my professionals, I always take off all my clothes. And my response is, that's not fucking true because you can't go see a chiropractor and strip and get naked. Like, I've seen chiropractors for four decades. I've never once taken my clothes off. Like, I knew that what he was saying was a lie, which then puts me into a... I'm on my guard because, like, where's my fob key? (laughs) I want to make sure because this guy is asking for something that's crossing boundaries. So he's basically just trying to see if I will set them. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not, he's going to strip naked and walk around the room and lay down on the table. And he will. So you said to me after this guy's session, "Uh uh-uh. He, he asked me to get naked, or he asked if he could get naked in this session. Be careful. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we've got to keep each other informed and safe. I was working my spa job. And about a week later, guess who walks through the door? Him? Oh, yeah. Oh, and dear. I turned to the, one of the estheticians and I went, are you okay with him in the room alone? And she goes, yeah, he asks to get naked all the time, even if I'm doing nothing related to the lower <laughs> like, half of the body. Like his nails. His fingernails. He wants to get naked. Right. And lo and behold, if I don't see him a month later in our chiropractor's office, oh, I went, God. he's the naked guy. And she went, mm-hmm. Oh, right. So, you know, I'm curious if he has any, first of all, if he will even see a male practitioner or if he purposely chooses all female practitioners and then tries that tactic with every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Or if he got shocked someday that a male esthetician came out, would he say, hey, do you mind if I get naked? Because I do for everybody. <laughs> or or nah, maybe I'll just pass now. All of a sudden, I want my clothes. Yeah. Oh, my word, eh? Okay. okay. We're wrapping it up with some lighter stories. Okay. So my next story is a client who was very late for her session, very late. She was like a good 20 minutes. And she comes in the door and I, you know, I said to her, well, you're, uh, you know, I, I always confront them in a kind way by pointing out you're this amount of minutes late because that's part of your session. Yeah. So I approached this person and said, hey, just letting you know a heads up, like you are 20 minutes late. And she goes, yeah, actually, she says, I, I was actually really early for this appointment. And I'm thinking, well, did you park the car and go around the block? Like, what happened? And she goes, well, actually, she says, I um, I parked a couple of doors down. Did you know that there's a house that looks just like your house? <laughs> and I said, yeah, that's the Smith family. And I'm making up that name, but mm-hmm. that's the Smith family. And she goes, well, I parked in their driveway. And you know how you have a policy to walk right in the door and make yourself at home? And I went, "Uh uh-huh. Oh, my God. And she goes, so I just let myself in. (laughs) I sat in the living room 
she says, for probably 15 to 20 minutes before anybody came into the living room, I could hear voices of some little kids. And I'm thinking, oh my God, yes, the neighbors have two little boys. Mm-hmm. I could hear dogs barking, but I knew you had Parker with Kelly. So I thought, oh, that must be Parker. And so I just sat there and I waited. And she said, these two little boys came upstairs and they looked at me. And I thought, oh, I don't know who those are. I've never heard of them on the podcast. She let that go. And then well, what happened was the two boys went downstairs and said, Mom, there's a lady <laughs> sitting in our living room. And she went, what the hell? And walked up the stairs went up to this lady and went, who are you? And why are you sitting in my living room? And she goes, oh, I'm just waiting for Karen. And she goes, Karen? And she goes, and then I realized, oh, that's Karen Sarlow two doors down because she knows who you and I are. We did paddle boarding together. And so this, she says to this lady, you're in the wrong house. That's two doors down. So she goes, oh, I'm sorry. Grabs her purse and gets the hell out of the house, gets into the car. And shows up 20 shows minutes up late. Good 20 minutes late, at least. <laughs> so she went and sat in the wrong house, let herself oh. in, thanks to our open door policy that we used to have when we saw people in mm-hmm. person, right? Yep. Okay. We have, this is our last story. Yes. This is our very last one for today's. So this next story starts with the fact that I'm in the treatment room already doing a client. Oh, that doesn't sound good. I was already seeing a client. When I came out, did the bill, receipt, that kind of stuff. Then the next client was already sitting in the waiting room, like right in the living room. So she just got up and she came into the treatment room with me. And we were going through consent and then we got started into the treatment. But we were just at the very beginning of it, like within the first two to three minutes. And I hear a lawnmower going and it's like, oh, and I thought, okay, at first it's like, well, where is that lawnmower? And and I don't know why I think that way. Like, is it on the left side, the right side? I just thought someone was mowing the lawn. Well, it gets louder and louder. And it's like, no, that sounds like somebody's mowing my lawn. Like it, they're on my property. So I said, excuse me. I said, it sounds like someone is mowing my lawn. She goes, yeah, that's fine. That would be my husband. <laughs> and I went, what? <laughs> she goes, that would be my husband. He, we came here together and uh, when we pulled in, he, he clearly saw that your lawn needed a mowing and, um, he would have helped himself to the lawnmower and the gas. And that's just him. He'd rather be busy for an hour than sit in the truck and just wait for me. So that would be my husband because your lawn needed a mowing. Well, sure enough, Kelly, (laughs) her husband mowed the front lawn, the two sides and the back lawn for me while his wife had a treatment. I came out the door and I was like, well, hello, like, nice to meet you. I'm Karen. I I, I mowed your lawn. You know, I hope you don't mind. I'd rather be doing something than just sitting in the, exactly what his wife said. Mm -hmm. He would rather be busy than just sitting in the truck. Yeah. So I got $125 for a one hour session. And my lawn mowed. And my lawn mowed for free. And win, win, win. (laughs) So we've closed our doors. We've closed our front door. We've closed our back door. We've closed our shed door. <laughs> That's a good way to word that. All doors are shut. <laughs> we are online. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny. We wanted to do this show, as I mentioned, kind of in the, in the opening part of this, because we wanted to say thank you to the people yeah. who supported us right off the bat. And I think, you know, we've spent a lot of time in the last year 
um, sinking into the feeling of being safe again, yeah. sinking into the feeling of being relaxed again. Mm-hmm. You know, if one of us has a day off, the other doesn't. We don't have to do our hair. We don't have to go take a shower. Or if we want to, we can have a shower with privacy. (laughs) And so, you know, it's taken that long and then some to feel like the home is ours again. Mm, And it's been absolutely over three decades for me Mm -hmm. of not having... I'm going to say of sharing my home. Let's word it that way. Mm-hmm. It's been a good three decades of sharing my home with the computer students, with the daycare children, and with the clients that you and I have had, and the guests for podcasts and so on. It's been many decades of sharing. Yeah, and I know on different days, especially through the pandemic, because this has been mm-hmm. the the instigator to to close the doors. We have often said in good humor, just like we've done today, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm so glad I got to take a shower in private today. I'm so glad I stirred my own spaghetti sauce today. I'm so glad, you know, and and we would kind of bring up these stories where we were realizing we weren't stressed waiting for it, waiting for another story, waiting for another client that was going to cross a boundary in our own home where we had to say, no, not appropriate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it presents challenges when you're working in your own home. And I'm sure many other people are doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Similar things that we do or counseling services. I know there are lots of people that work in their own homes that provide their service over technology now through Zoom who may have gone through similar hesitations and wondering if they're going to be okay by keeping their practice online, if people will understand and accept the change. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I wanted to continue what I was saying oh, because it wasn't just that we were bringing it up, you know, realizing that we were relaxing. It was also to actually be able to say a thank you back to the people yeah. who supported us because we didn't realize how stressed we were. We didn't realize how nervous we were or how nervous we may have we should have been in some situations and those stories we left out today. Yes. Minus the naked man. Yeah. And maybe the cigarette down the vent. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. You've you've I think you've done a lovely job, Kelly, of illustrating for people that we took out the stories that might have upset them mm-hmm. or had them really understand all in one quick story as to why we did this. Oh my God, they were threatened. Oh my God. You can do certain stories where people get it more to the point, Mm -hmm. but it's done more in a harsh way, and that wasn't our intention. Mm -hmm. We wanted this to be a big thank you to those who did come visit us, to those who did come share our home with us. Mm -hmm. There were so many people that did it within healthy boundaries. Mm -hmm. And there are lots of clients now that have moved to online with us for the value of the service. Yeah. And and you know what I will say, one of the things I actually miss most about having our doors open is how many people would sit in that living room, waiting room Mm -hmm. across from the chalkboard sign and Mm -hmm. say, did you write that just for me? Yeah. We have a chalkboard sign still in our living room that says you are safe. And I, I loved and relished in that moment to think that you and I have created a space that provided that for people. Yes. 
I miss being able to offer that for them. Me too. In the in-person way, as you know, we're huggers and yeah. I mean, that doesn't go very well right now, but it, that is certainly something that we will miss for sure. Mm-hmm. However, it's a thank you to all of you who have stuck with us online because like you said, you value the service mm-hmm. and you've supported, you know, small business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we wanted to make people laugh too. Yeah. Now, I should have said in the beginning, these are not exaggerated stories. They're not. No. Not even the cop. <laughs> and and we did pull out, like we said, we we chose not to put certain one in ones in mm-hmm. that we thought really would put certain people, even if you don't know who they are, mm-hmm. um, in the wrong light. We move on. Yeah. And this is what we're trying to do right now is to move on, to be safe, to provide our services to people all over the world and to the people who are local to where we live in Ontario, Canada. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Thanks for uh, taking a trip down memory lane. Mm -hmm. Yeah, You're welcome. If you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at bysarlo.com. No matter where you've tuned in from, thank you for joining us. Please make sure to subscribe and join us next Saturday for a brand new show.